right, guys. I'm, um, I came in with so much excitement, and then they didn't have me on the roll. Um, and I had to fill out a provisional ballot, an affidavit. I'm very concerned about this. So I'm going to call the Board of Elections now because I was not, even though I'm registered there and I brought my identification, the, the, the form that they gave me confirming I was registered here, I was not on the roll. So I had to fill out a provisional, a provisional no. ballot. Okay, so... So who, who was that, Brian? That was uh, Nomiki Konst uh, of the Young Turks and um, very avid. I think she's a DSA. Yeah, I think she's New York City DSA member. Um, she's also uh, she's in that whole that whole league of people. I guess. Right. Young Turks DSA kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, th- there's she's, something going on with that because I. Um, she's look, also. I think she's also on some board, some Democratic Party. Yeah. Like board. So like, she's so, definitely yeah. profilable if you're trying yeah. to try to do a purge. Yeah. Um, I am profilable. Welcome, who I am is Lenny DeFranco. I'm sitting here with Brian, Brian Sano, and we're doing a, a post a f- from the grave, Infinity License, um, which we're hopefully we're just going to keep doing the Lazarus of podcasts. Yeah, nothing can stop Infinity License, even Infinity License. It's Infinity. It's the Infinity. It's, it's literally of, Infinity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, we told you up front. Infinity um, Credit License, Infinity <laughs> Podcast License. But uh, we're covering today um, the. Um, an event that we've been looking forward to for you know basically the entire time uh, that uh, well since since the snowstorm in, in what February yeah that uh, yeah. Cynthia Nixon announced her uh, candidacy for uh, Democratic can- for for governor and uh, she today is primary day and we're recording this as uh, it's nine o'clock as we speak and so the results are going to start coming in Thursday September thirteenth nine o'clock Dateline. <laughs> Park Slope, New York. Do we you were just, know what your ideology is? We were just watching fellow Park Slope neighbor Chris Hayes, who was talking about Puerto Rico and not this election. I think I would have guessed that he was a Park Sloper, even if I didn't know that. Yeah, I've seen him on the subway sometimes. And then I also, I think I might have said this on the podcast, but um, one time I, I have kind of terrible vision. And I was walking down the street on a Saturday and I was with somebody and then I was walking down the street and I saw somebody in the distance. And I was like, Oh, I think I know that guy. You know, like when you see somebody and you're like, Oh, I think like that's, I think that's somebody I know. And as I got closer, I was like kind of making eye contact with them. Like, Oh, I'm about to have that conversation with somebody who I know from college or an old job or something like that. And then it was like, I got within the distance I am from you, Lenny, which is about three feet. And it was just like, oh, no, that's Chris Hayes from TV. You know him from TV. (laughs) (laughs) Or sometimes it's you in a mirror and you're like acting like a dolphin. (laughs) Um, I have have no sense of uh, self-sense or self-awareness, whatever. Yeah, so autokinesiology or whatever. Um, The the thing that's going on right now, uh, we we don't have any results yet from the uh, election, but um, what you heard Nomiki talking about there is that... um, there's been this weird thing that I noticed first, uh, w- personally, and then other people online have kind of emerged to ha- share the same thing, which is that they were not eligible to vote. We were not eligible to vote for in this Democratic primary. Yeah, and um, I, well, I did. I did say this earlier on the podcast about how people had to register, and that there was this is a, pro- a huge flaw in the New York State Democratic. Well, so take us through. So even b- without a voting, an election day purge, what is how stupid is the closed primary system and the and the Monu- registration? Oh, date? monumentally stupid! And there, there might be I could hear out somebody who could have a legitimate case for a closed primary uh, system. What is the case for a closed primary? I think it's just that you can't just have it, that you can't just get brigaded by another party and then like just have them 
essentially a bunch of Republicans say if the, if the Democratic Party fields somebody who they they feel like is crazy or something like that, then they can just Republican and the Republicans have an establishment or inc incumbent candidate. They can just brigade that party and, and vote somebody who they think is less and electable. Even than, th I think the only time I can think of that happening was the time that it happened on American Idol where there was a campaign. It was like a, one of the first viral campaigns to vote in the worst singer yeah. week uh, after week. Yeah, yeah. Has it ever been seen in U.S. electoral politics? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, it's certainly... Maybe Barry Goldwater? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, whatever, whatever benefit it has to preserve the integrity of the party's selection, I'm sure it has much more to do... It has much more impact in preserving... You know the equivalent of the super delegates, or just basically elite control of the party, as opposed to making it easy for yeah. people who don't know about the advanced registration date to vote. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things too. Well, the, I mean, New York State, the De Democratic Party in New York, it's, it's the whole reason for. Oh, Meg's home too. But Crooked Meg. Crooked Meg is here because she runs the Democratic Party in New York State. Um, so the reason why the New York State. Uh, Democratic Party is is explicitly there and transparently there, so that part like party bosses, it goes back to like Tammany days, so that they can just control it and they can pick their guys, and it makes it almost impossible for a populist or kind of a non a Democratic Party outsider to get in. One of the ways they they do it in a couple of ways: closed primaries, um, in the way that they there's uh, no early voter access, there's no. Um, the, like changing parties to the Democratic Party itself is difficult. I experienced this. I was an independent voter up until I was about 25. Yeah, 25. And I wanted to vote in the um, election, the Christine Quinn Bill de Blasio uh, primary. So I was like, well, I live in New York City now. I grew up upstate. I was like, I, I want to change from independent to Democrat. It makes no sense for me. I thought I could just do that ahead of the voter registration deadline. Wrong. I did it before the voter registration deadline. I, it was hard. I had to go down to the uh, board of elections office that uh, run, physically, physically down uh, by. Like you're getting married. Yeah, by uh, by the Kings County court system down on you know down on what's that like you know down by Borough Hall and all that stuff. Yeah, and one Pierpont Plaza where uh, um, Killeries campaign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and Colin Kaepernick. Oh hell yeah, yeah, the Kaepernick. Uh, we switched back to football. Yeah. Oh yeah, we went Kaepernick back to football because my bet to on the Bengals right now is looking pretty good. Let's hope that holds up. Um, we do care about politics, but but more importantly, also. gambling on the NFL. Um, but so then I did that in person, and then they're like, the guy who was there is like, do you want to? This won't go into effect until essentially next year. And I, I was like, oh. He's like, well, do you still want to do it? And I was like, well, I guess. It's like I might, I might as well do this for the for the next time that this happens. It is so clearly something that's meant to preserve power for people who understand and who have the wherewithal to to manage this Byzantine system. It also is. It kind of encapsulates so much of what I hate about New York. Like, I hate the you know how it's fashionable to overpay for brunch you know yeah. and like i hate i hate like line culture like if you just set, start a line new yorkers are gonna line like, up behind you and you'll and overpay for that thing whatever you're waiting for i mean yeah you can, and and just creating this kind of that is also like a tourist kind of thing i don't line up any of that like if, if i don't I know, know there's a lot, lot of yuppies there's a lot of yuppies that. that do it but anytime I, I those are people that are i think are non-new yorker new yorkers i think if you're lining up for fucking cronuts that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Miss me I on that. I don't know. No, I mean, did, did you line up for cronuts? Did I, no, I didn't. Exactly. Did anyone you know 
Or did, yeah. was it the girl from New Jersey that like? like you no, know, I don't think it's like bridge and tunnel people. I think it's. I think that that's a, a cultural thing. There's so many people. I mean, I don't may not line up for Kronos, but every single day, I contend with the fact that I may have to be crammed in the elbow hole of a stranger when I'm going home. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's a crowded place, and and things are in demand, and that you know, these are all speaking to some of the reasons that we love this place. But there is also this culture of just kind of, you know, when you're when you're in. Um, a very crowded place. You, the the mode that you're in is a highly regulated one, and there's laws that don't make any sense, and you don't know why they're there. And the cop can do whatever he wants because you didn't, you know, you can't sit on a crate on the sidewalk, you know, because that's technically a law. Right. And and it just it's it encapsulates all of it. it's it's appropriate given that we tolerate that level of sort of authority in our authority <laughs> in our everyday lives. The NYPD's authority. Yeah, and that of the, this democratic machine. And the, and, and it's ca- what you said before, this isn't Tammany Hall. There has been reform since then. If this was Chicago, it would be different because that is basically an extension of, of the old democratic machine. But the fact that this kind of um, very exclusionary politics re- preserves into an era where there's not that level of control anymore is is really offensive to me. Yeah, I mean, New York probably hasn't had a true reform candidate since Fiorello LaGuardia, which is pretty disappointing. But the reform <laughs> has happened. I mean, it's yeah. not like... You know, uh, Andrew I'm Cuomo just saying is nepotistic, but it's not the same. Th- it, it's not Tammany Hall anymore. I, yeah, I, but I'm just saying that even in spite of Fiorello Guardia kind of transcending a um, a the the move from like he also presided over the move from uh, like essentially the city from having a bo- board of aldermen to having a city council and then consolidating more power with the um, the mayor's office and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's really no. Uh, I, I mean, maybe you can honestly p- point to you know. Uh, Andrew, uh, not Andrew Cuomo, uh, Mario Cuomo was a machine politician for sure, but was like a guy who was also maybe a little bit populist, a little bit more like Andrew is certainly not his father. <laughs> like he, no, like, he uh, way less liberal. Uh, Mario Cuomo understood what needed to get done in, and the, the, the dirty, this is really the dirty game that is New York state politics and played it to a certain extent, but also was a, a person who was, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, advocating on behalf of the people and not really necessarily advocating on the behalf of his own, uh, the the idea of his own uh, political legacy. I mean, yeah. his political legacy stands true just on his own merit and his own accomplishments and that kind of. Uh, like well, the, now he has a bridge that his son uh, yeah. insisted on building and naming <laughs> after him. <laughs> the dumbest. Did you watch the debate? By the way, I didn't. No, I didn't watch the debate. Um, it was the dumbest question, b- which both Cynthia and. Andrew Cuomo were like frustrated by was that the moderators the moderation of the debate was horrible. I thought uh, Preparara did a good job. I, uh, that's what I heard. Uh, oh, that was the attorney general. That was the attorney general. But yeah. no, this uh, whoever I mean whoever moderated I can't remember. Uh, but there was this one woman who was just like they kept they kept insisting on um, you know uh, Cynthia said something to the effect of well I think you know we should just name. Uh, something else, naming this bridge, at, like they're like, why? Like a lot of people are upset about the renaming of the Tappan Zee Bridge. I'm like, are people really? Is this the top priority for whoever is writing the state of New York? It's like, yeah, okay, it's a little nepotistic and all that stuff, and it's like, it's it stinks a little bit that a- Andrew Cuomo named it after his father. At the same time, it's like, who cares? He was a good governor of New York State. He definitely deserves his legacy to be honored. Sure, it, uh, I'm not clamoring for the Tappan Zee Bridge in the same way that I c- still call the Queensboro Bridge the Queensboro Bridge and or not the, the Sears. Tower. Tower, uh, the Sears Tower, uh, uh, or the Sears, yeah, 
or like the Triborough Bridge is not the RFK Bridge to me, though, even though it officially is. Or is uh, the Queensboro Bridge is not the Ed Koch Bridge to me. It is the Queensboro Bridge. Maybe in the future it will be. I remember older New York people will laugh at me when I call it the Jackie Robinson Parkway because it's, oh, it's, yeah. to them it's the Innerborough Parkway. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I uh, could see, and that's especially funny to them because it's so PC. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, it's just like, just in my mind, I'm like, oh, Jackie Robinson, great New Yorker. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah, a sure. great representation of New York. That's cool. Like that's and it's also the parkway is ridiculous. It's like one of the most insane drives. If you ever driven on it. Oh yeah, sure. I used to take it all the time. Yeah, it's like a slalom, man. Um but yeah. uh uh but anyway. goes next to that city cemetery, you know, yeah. that cemetery that looks like a different city. Yeah. yeah. Um it's not a that, reflection of the city. Is that Calvary? No, Calvary is someplace different. I don't know. Not positive. But uh, anyway, um so we're we're complaining about the, the all you know the, these these politicians and stuff, but the, we should get to the the problem that is presently at hand, which is the potential voter purge. Um, so uh, you you're you described basically the travails that anyone has to go through to get even registered as a Democrat, which we fail to see the point of. Right. Well, the, yeah. But there's a different yeah. problem when you are registered as a Democrat. When you voted a number of times in the same polling place as a Democrat, yeah, and then when it comes to an actually contested primary and you're registered, you're not able to vote as a Democrat, yeah, mysteriously, yeah, um, and that's happened to that happened to me. It happened to my coworker, and as soon, and those are the only two people that I knew of as of like three o'clock today. You went to your polling station and they said you can't vote. I looked it up online, uh, okay, and I'm almost positive because I I knew about this closed system that we have in the state. Uh, that that would be a necessity because mm. I probably could have imagined myself at some point registering probably in Illinois yeah. as a as an independent. It's like fuck you, man. I'm not yeah. you know unbossed and unbought like uh, Letitia James was saying. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. I knew. By the way, I voted for Ze- Zephyr T. out, not Letitia James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did too. Yeah. Which is which sucks because I uh, am friends with someone who works for Tish James. But uh, I'll if they ask me, I'll just lie. Yeah. Um. But so. As of three o'clock today, uh, the only people I knew that had had this happen were me and my coworker, and he and I had never voted. I've never voted uh, yet in New York. Um, in twenty sixteen, I did an absentee ballot for Illinois. But as soon as he said that, I was like, "Oh shit!" It was suspicious when it happened to me. Yeah. Um, I totally would not put it past them to have have orchestrated something like this. Like Cuomo. I mean, Joseph Percoro got arrested like for yeah. corruption. Clearly, this is a corruption friendly administration. And then, sure enough. It came out like Virgil, Texas was also purged. And yeah. now there's a ton of people saying that they were just mysteriously had to cast these provisional ballots. Yeah. And, and so that's what I did when I did vote um, was basically I had to walk in. I mean, this is such a paper based system already, mm-hmm. um, which can, maybe we can talk about later. Just how shitty. Actually, let's talk about it now. It's such a shitty paper based system already. I mean, like you you walk in, there's, you know, these old ladies that are sitting there. It's just, I, Typically the case, but they're they're writing down every single person who votes. They have to open up one of two big books. The lady yeah. even kind of commenting because it was later in the day. She's like, "This book is falling apart." Yeah, you know, they have to look across those like the like the four point font of yeah. paper, and yeah. and it and it's fraying. And then um, you know they they I have to sign my name, and then uh, or I didn't have to sign my name, but uh, they they lo- saw my signature. And uh, then she has to, on a piece of printer paper that's starting to roll up at the edges with the amount of ink on it, in tiny print, she's just writing down, there's not even any lines in this paper, and she's just writing down uh, the party affiliation, the name of the person voting, and, you know, some other, and, and I think the ballot number. On just a piece of paper. I mean, this is, you know, we're talking about blockchain voting and stuff like that. Yeah. And people laugh at it, except for, 
when you realize how far of a jump that would be. I mean, there's not even there. There was not a, any computer system or any kind of other, better file keeping system on the table. Right. Anyway, given this system, then I had to uh, cast a provisional ballot because I was like, I don't. I, I I knew going into it because I looked myself up online that I wasn't registered as a Democrat. Um, but I, uh, they, they did allow me to cast a provisional ballot, so I had to go fill out two long-ass forms. Um, and then I filled out the ballot. I don't know if you experienced this, but I filled out the ballot, and there's just little you know bubbles next to the you know, names, and so I, I crossed them. Uh, I just put check marks there. There was no indication on the no, ballot of how to fill, fill it out. You got to fill it in all the way. Man. I gave it. I brought it's it back entrance, to the bro. table, and mm-hmm. she lo- she looked at my ballot and, and and told me that, and which was lucky. And the only reason she knew that was because. I had failed to fold the long ass ballot in half so that it could fit inside the envelope that they had to send to City Hall. Like it was, the envelope size and the ballot were not even of aligned well, size. There's also the in the the ballot uh, I get like because I because I registered Democrat and I voted a normal ballot. Um, like it comes in that long ass folder too, and yeah. that and that ballot is also formatted in this weird way where you're like. Reading it, it doesn't make like it, it is very po- it's like confusing. You go in that little cubby and you're like, okay, I gotta like read this vertical. I'm like, when did English become Chinese? Like, the, the, we have to read this in vertical character. What's the purpose of this layout? Yeah. It's just mystifying, yeah. and I'm sure a Democrat designed it. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it it's just the the best one was the the Illinois ballot, the, my absentee ballot from Illinois. They usually have you just it's the most foolproof. It's like comically foolproof. Like there's half arrows. Connecting, um, like mm-hmm. you have to just literally draw complete the one arrow from oh, the candidate yeah. that you want. Yeah. It's yeah. basically impossible to get wrong. Yeah, uh, it's not a butterfly ballot or anything. You know, you don't actually only vote for Buchanan. And um, so anyway, uh, there was already this this horrendous system in place. And meanwhile, I don't even know when my ballot's going to get counted because it because of this this I think growing story about the fact that there's just mysteriously a lot of likely. Uh, Democratic, uh, you know, left uh, voters were not um, able to vote. Ben, my roommate, uh, his girlfriend, um, and me, he, in our apartment today, because she's staying over with us right now, two of the three people in there were mysteriously not. That's nuts. And, 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 and people and that she grew up in on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, it's, it's, I've heard a number of these people. Um, it's, it doesn't surprise me, and it, it will really interest me, at, like, um, if somehow, t- if somehow T-Chat wins, and then, then Cuomo is screwed, like a number one, because it's like because then that's the only the, the only way he's not going to get investigated for potential tampering of that is that if, if if one of his allies gets elected to attorney general. That's a good question. That's yeah, a like, really good point. If Tish James gets elected, does she do anything? Hell about no. It? I doubt. I doubt it, man. Like he endorsed her. That's how New York State politics works, man. It's like you got endorsed, you do it. But speaking of hilarious doors, endorsements, so Nicki Minaj goes ahead and endorses Cuomo. You know who comes right out, right back? Cardi clap, B. Clap back. Cardi B endorses <laughs> Cynthia. They got in a physical fight recently. That's awesome. I'm, I'm on Team Cardi B all the way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hate the fact that they have to be opposed to each other. Why I guess, they uh, yeah, they shouldn't. Like, but but Nicki Minaj also endorsed Mitt Romney. I think she I read, did. Yeah. Why? Because she's just. I think that's. I think she's purposely being a contrarian person. I don't Is know. she trying like, to be like a Kanye scoopy boop? Yeah, I think so. Um, but anyway, so that's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I think the uh, back to your point about the the. Uh, voter rolls being potentially purged. I it'll be really interesting. This will be the, hopefully not the storyline. I mean, it would be hilarious in spite of this voter roll purge and all the polls going into it about how you know Cuomo essentially had a you know forty point lead over Nixon, and still she even comes within striking distance or even 
wins the election. Because I, I got to be honest with you, I know we're biased and we're living in like Brooklyn, like most, uh, you know, we're of a certain age and we're living in the most, you know, left wing, I'd say, part of the state, except for maybe like New Paltz. We're, we're, we're living in we're yeah. living in the most so th- in Manhattan, I think, is the uh, the most partisan district in the country. Yeah. The but, second most partisan district is in North but Texas. But let's be honest. So the only people who are coming out voting today are the people who are activated for Cynthia Nixon. I mean, there might be some yeah, stronghold right. for Cuomo people. But really, I have not seen, not only here, but we drove upstate two weeks ago. I did not. I saw a ton of Cynthia signs on lawns upstate. I'm talking not, I'm not just talking about Westchester County. I'm talking about like central New York, like like a pl- places that are essentially red strongholds. Or like places like Ithaca, which is a very liberal college town kind of place. But um, But still... That says something. There's, I saw it. I've not seen a single Cuomo sign anywhere I've gone, and I've traveled a good portion of New York State in, the, in recent memory. Um, it, it'll just be funny that, it, like, uh, it's if she comes within striking distance, and then all this and this voter uh, roll purge story continues. I mean, and if Teach Out wins because it's a three person yeah. waste, and that's a very feasible possibility, uh, like of a split vote uh, on the on the other side. Um, you, you, I think we'll definitely see some kind of attorney general investigation, or we should, or we should. And at, at lo and behold, uh, our first result preliminarily um, has uh, oh, it's not Teach Out, it's Jumani Williams uh, is up fifty two percent to forty seven. Hell yeah! So he might take it. Um, All right, so I'm on the. I'm on the what does that? What does it look York. like if I, I don't know anything about if it's a split ticket? Yeah. Like kind of. Uh, I don't know. I think it, it is the lieutenant governor. I don't really think. I, I'm not sure. I we just really need to make sure Cuomo dies then. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> Get that on. I'm very sick, folks. I. Uh, Julian Salazar is winning too. Fifty-five percent to forty-five percent. Um, they they dragged her pretty bad too, yeah. which is good. Um, I mean, that's good for her. I was rooting for Julius. Yeah, like they dragged her for like an opinion she had in college. It's like, okay, like let's let's think about what opinions you and I. If, if my JFK, if my Bruce Andrews JFK paper uh, ever gets published, <laughs> uh, <laughs> even any little of a, a resemblance of a career I have left is uh, as of a nine thirty. No, it's okay. So twenty six percent reporting. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is up. Two hundred ninety-five thousand votes to one hundred fifty-four thousand votes. All right. Well, so, so he's 60, so what percentage yeah, is that? Yeah, Cuomo's got sixty-five percent, and Cynthia's got thirty-four. Damn, um, she's gonna win. I know. Come from behind. I don't understand why though. Like this map, I, it. I find it hard to believe. All in New York every City, single district, every in, single in, district uh, in New York City yeah. is. Uh, maybe I'm just naive. Um, so. Yeah, so we basically have. Uh, I think we, we actually pretty much. It seems like these are leads that comfortable enough that we can just like assume that they're going to hold. The only one that we don't know is Jumani Williams as of now because it's a closer race. But basically, we have Letitia James is blowing out Zephyr Teach out. Brian, you surprised? Uh, yeah, I am. Sur- that's the one I am surprised by. Uh, um, uh, I thought that Teach out would really have more full. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more that for what I just said. Like I thought there was going to be more of an activist uh, presence. Um, she's one like look it looks like Saratoga and like the other like by Ithaca too and all that stuff so it's just I guess those are the other liberal even though Maloney won um, down by like New Paltz James won every borough though except for Manhattan does this mean that she won is that this is this means that all it's calling those districts all for already like you know what I mean like that means New York City is already reported in on all these which means that this election is already over yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah the election's over yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I think they're going to continue counting like my provisional ballot, for example, and all the other people who couldn't vote for Sam Jackson, but and Zephyr Teacher. But um, Um, oh, uh, yeah, a bunch of people are chanting. So I know somebody that's at the Cuomo party right now, and saying people are chanting four more years. People are, uh, so people are chanting four more years. At yeah, the, a insider at the at the Cuomo uh, headquarters. Our arm right bowl. Yeah, yeah. Not a zim. Not a zim. I won't. I won't. Re- I won't reveal my my insider correspondent <laughs> at the because uh, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need. I'm yeah, going to need. A, now a, that we have to live under the a gubernatorial insider. Um. Uh. So. Uh. He is re- saying that a bunch of people at that party are chanting four more years, seeing the results being reported. All right. So let's do a retrospective. Um. It was never likely that Cynthia Nixon was going to win. Uh, but I think she put up a good fight. I'm um, still holding out hope. <laughs> she's, I mean, okay. I'll, how much you want to bet? I'll bet you. I'll bet. I'll give you how much for you give me one dollar. One to what? A hundred. Okay, so I have to give you a hundred dollars. No, I'll, you give me one dollar, and I'll give you a hundred dollars if Cynthia Nixon wins. But you have to give me one if Andrew Cuomo wins. Okay, I'll give you a do- yeah. I'll give you a dollar. I don't want to. Uh, you know, like, but that's just me. She's got to come from behind. I think really Southern Tier is really going to come out for her. Um, no, I'll give you one dollar for twenty bucks. Twenty. All right, fine. It's twenty. You bucks. could have said a thousand dollars. I'm going to take that bet. All right. Well, okay, fine. A thousand dollars. No, no, no. Yeah, no you deal. give me your next month's rent. No deal. <laughs> um, the the most important thing to me was was the pushing was register basically a protest vote, registering the fact that when this guy tries to run as a tried and true Democrat liberal, um, he's not. And well, he also tries to he tries to coast on an idea of that he is like executing and and a progressive leader that can get things done. When the reality is that he's a progressive leader that can shift state budgets around in a way and also make it seem like he's doing a lot of work while also not actually <laughs> uh, not actually executing <laughs> actually, on a lot of those things. You know what I mean? Which is also what I'm an expert at at my job too. So <laughs> <laughs> well, are you a digital strategist? Yeah, exactly. He's uh, a digital strategist of of uh, governors. Yeah, um, but uh, that that's that's the frustrating thing about uh, about this whole thing is that it's just that he he likes to and, and certainly even though in the debate he said that he will definitely not be. Uh, running for president in 2020, I I'm well he lies about everything. I so. know, and I guarantee you that will come back in two years. That he said yeah. he's definitely going to serve out his his four uh, more years as governor of New York. I highly doubt that. Um, I think you're going to see a 2020 uh, Governor Cuomo candidacy for president. The uh, attorney general thing is interesting because um, you know basically the pitch there was you have this progressive in, in Tish James. Yeah, she's a real progressive, I and mean, I think she has bona fides. She certainly wants to kind of pitch herself as an activist who's actually been there. Um, and uh, But what was intriguing was the prospect of Zephyr Teachout, who, who ran... If I had a criticism of her of her campaign, it was mostly focused on Trump mm-hmm. um, and the idea that she was going to somehow... To bring charges against him, or yeah, yeah. Which, like, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's nice to say. I think it's kind of red meat to the MSNBC base of like, you know, these like white Parks Lobe liberals. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, you know, it also. Uh, but that's also what Cuomo did in the debates too. Where it's like he's like, I'm the anti-Trump. I am the resistance kind of thing. Where oh, it's God. like, uh, it's 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 very eye rolling and very kind of disingenuous. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, basically, I, I you know I don't know who I, I would be curious to see some exit polls on this because I don't know what the general electorate is interested in seeing. I don't know how many. I don't know what voter turnout was. Um, yeah, it can't have been. That's what that I, good just because of the nature of the primary. Race. I am I am really curious to how many people and how many people. So how many people that 
represents of eligible voters and like so the of the democratic registered democrats in new york of eligible of people that would be of eligible voting and of voting age and and then you loop in republicans maybe we should do that as a postmortem kind of like try to get get those stats together um and and figure out hey like how many how many people are actually participating in this process by sheer nature of them uh just not being able to register for the democratic party uh feeling just disincentivized or disenfranchised just in general like i mean there's a bunch of people that probably didn't register democrat because like whatever new york state is going to be run by the establishment democratic party and then like kind of getting the assembly and the state senate are going to be held hostage by these weird upstate republicans who have way more representation in the state senate because their districts have prisoners from new york city in it that they get to use in their census but can't vote so they literally extract people from the city and get like game the numbers for their district so they can get more Republican voters who are essentially prison guards and cops to not to to vote people in. So it's like it's a, again another case of like voting representation not happening. Um, voter uh, voter representation not happening or gaming the system in a way that uh, doesn't necessarily represent the people in, a, in an accurate way. Well, and that trend uh, seems to continue. Yep. So <laughs> we don't live in the AOC, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez utopia yet. Uh-huh. Hey, that's a good uh, angle. I mean, has has the the bloom on that rose or whatever uh, diminished? I don't know. I don't think so. I think she's still. I mean, she's gone national, man. She's been touring and like. I think. I think she's, yeah, she's something national. She's, but she's gone national on the on the on the strength of the idea that this far left sort of movement can get real results but she got that result in a in a very gentrifying district with 13% voter turnout in a primary and you know the if it can't work on the next larger stage than that then what good is that ideology yeah yeah i don't know i i know she's been she's campaigned on some other like there's some guy in Iowa she campaigned on behalf of and i think it's only pulled more votes but i think it's also you know i Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here, and let's uh, let's also just keep in mind that this is going to be a sustained movement over a long time. Like whether it's a, a, a an electoral fluke in her case, or I think that if people want to, you know, it, the fact that people are making inroads um, in all these places and get that oh it's not aj green at all um so but if the, the fact that like candidate more left-wing candidates are at least getting a national platform and a national stage and forcing even candidates to be a little bit more left-leaning in their policies and not necessarily having to cater their views to wall street or big pharma or something like that i think that's something to to, to be said whether Hopefully. it results in the short term in electoral victories in the long term it definitely should have to, to obviously deliver on that but uh I mean, that also just might be a pointing to a flaw in the system that is you can't get to that national stage without either a fluke win or just some kind of mega. Well, that's bad. bad. I mean, yeah, like yeah. that means that it's not a it's not viable ideology. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can wait to declare the death of the DSA. Well, I don't DSA think it's not necessarily def- uh, not viable ideology so much as it's a flaw. It's, de- it's not going to work in the current. Electoral. That's, system the, that's, that, the, that's my yeah. point, though. And at some point, you you get you know even if it's gerrymandered, even if it's you know you if it's a, a resurgent, if it's a surging movement, you've got to be able to to transcend those things. I mean, the Tea Party succeeded despite the will of the establishment Republicans at the time, who uh-huh. were very much thrown on their back heels. But also, but it, it succeeded also on the backs of uh, billionaire funding, like uh, the Koch brothers. That's, and, yeah, that's like, a cop out. I, I, I that's, totally. Did you read it? what's her name's book? Dark Money. No, uh, the, was that uh, was Jane Mayer? Jane Mayer. Yeah, you read you, that? Book. Yeah, I read that book. Yeah, did like? No, but I, I, I'm aware that there was a lot of funding for it, but it was. It's like the NRA. You know, people can talk about the the source of funding for this thing, but 
at your own peril, you know, at, at risk of very vastly misunderstanding the electorate, do you accuse them of being a totally astroturf thing? I mean, that's what a lot of people in this country feel. Um, look at I, the fact. I mean, look at the fact that the Tea Party. That, if, if you that, think that was, I mean, they elected Trump. They feel that way, though. They feel that way because they are are. There's a, a, a huge group of people that are over 65 that are very that, that are not doing shit, sitting on their couch and just essentially tuned into a a nonstop. I'm not a, saying they're right. I'm not saying they're right. I'm saying that it's an authentic feeling. It's an authentic uh, feeling culture. that's generated partially by the propaganda network that that I've like that, that is essentially nonstop. Confirming their biases, and uh, I would and, never deny that the, yeah. I, I, all of that is true. But yeah. th- my point is, the, the reason we're talking about this is because I'm saying that at some point, if it if a political movement is real, it has to be able to transcend systemic, um, oh, light systemic oppression. I mean, I don't, I don't. They didn't close my polling place. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, they did purge from the voter rolls, which is pretty <laughs> they did make it bad. Impossible but, for you to vote. <laughs> yeah, and I hope, I hope that some someone gets to the bottom of that. Especially, I mean, oh man, we're never going to find out now. Uh, yeah, if T. Chad doesn't get elected, yeah. No, yeah. Cuomo's elected and, and Tish James is elected, and they're not going to... Yeah. You know, he could make a show and say that he's going to investigate it in the next couple of days, but... Yeah, kind of like no whatever they say in the commission. They might yeah, make yeah. the dis- determination that they just don't need to, that it's easier to just ignore this, and the voices calling for someone to investigate are just going to die out and be too niche for anyone to care. But my point is, it shouldn't be dependent on that. There sh- you you got to get grab the middle, and the Tea Party did that, um, yes, they had uh, help for you know they had and they had Dick Army and they had and, they had, <laughs> and the Army Republican of, names still uh, great Dick Army John uh, Poindexter uh, Max Boot yeah. <laughs> um, Mitt Mitt Romney don't forget uh, Democratic uh, Florida Congressman Dick Sweat oh yeah <laughs> um, but you got to be able to transcend all that stuff and um, you know yeah so anyway. Um, uh yeah I guess so I I agree with you but it's like I that I think before transcending that I think I think then it, you know it we're also right now today is essentially the ten year anniversary of the financial crisis yep. too it's like so I think if something like that were to happen again on top of this like inability to transcend like what is clearly a broken electoral system that is like not really serving people or not not ex- fully extending the franchise to vote to the people that want want to in a way that's you know i mean like you you had your fr- like voting franchise removed from you You today. know what though i yeah, like that's I, I could see someone like elizabeth warren having some success in the near future i got to say that what has been bothering me about what I've been hearing from the far left recently is stuff like this kind of tanky bullshit where they're starting to get oh, into get on the tankies. I hate them. Well, but yeah. it, that rhetoric is like, you know, we got to end capitalism. And it's like, do you even know what the fuck you're saying? That it's a meaningless phrase. Yeah. And, I mean, we can talk about the deprivations that capitalism has wrought on people that are victims of foreclosures and stuff. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of ways that, it, you know, we've been on a de- deregulatory terror for a generation and a pri- at the same time a privatizing terror. And all this stuff is, is negative to the way that society is being being ordered. Yeah. But to, to st- Elizabeth Warren came out with this crazy proposal called like accountable holding capitalism accountable or something like that. Yeah. And she um, and I, it's just crazily titled, but I, it's not in, in in principle the sort of. That you know, I also associate it with like Noah Smith, who you know, no opinion, the blogger. Yeah. yeah. The, these these liberals who want to re- fix capitalism, I empathize with them, and I think that they're closer to a real praxis than these people that are you know the most uh, vocal, p- 
passionate DSA type supporters who are literally talking about ending capitalism and what replacing it with Soviet style communism. Yeah, or something. I, I don't. And you, the, you're, the de- you're not going to win any because most people in this country, I think, understand correctly that broadly the idea of having local businesses and, and all the sort of trappings of capitalism have made this place this country a very easy place to live. Yeah. Um, there are problems with it that need to be addressed, but I would way rather have someone that wants to start the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau solving those problems than someone who wants to, quote-unquote, get rid of capital. That, I, I'm just saying this in terms of, like, where does the left go now after defeats like this? Yeah. And I think one answer is don't go further left because th- it's a wasteland. I um, I agree. Uh, well, obviously, miss me with all that, that tanky baloney because I, I do not like that at all. And I also don't understand. I hate... I hate the reason why I don't go to DSA meetings, even though I support a huge portion of their platform. I'm like, hell yes, we should have medic, med, advancing Medicare for all is 100% a thing that we need to be doing, in this which country. is 100% not a tanky. That, yeah, that is that's, just, they like think that's just like smart policy yeah. in any yeah. neoliberal sense, exactly. Either. So it's like, so that is those kind of policies advancing those. It's kind of annoying that like the Democratic Party up until recently didn't take that idea very seriously so that's they their value is in in highlighting those kind of things where it's like okay this is actually a smart policy that people have done it's actually kind of it saves everyone money um you know we can think about it in the context of a you know like moderated capitalist society um and and not think that we're we're going into full full full-blown like bolshevism like that um what what also annoys me is the dsa language like and also that they just feel the need to like like all their meetings are about like what I've heard reported back to me is about like white man, white men can't speak at it or something like that, or like that they call everybody comrade. I, I hate comrade and those kind of language. Like using that kind of language, guess what? That is going to appeal to nobody, particularly yeah. not Joe voter, even the most like li- li- liberal, like hippie, dippy bullshit or like Upper East Side, like goes to fundraisers, mom, and like raises money for like charity or whatever. Like that, that they're instantly like, I'm not listening to you. You're yeah, not. if you like, carry like, a picture of Chairman Mao, you ain't going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you just go into a rant about your Maoist third worldist kind of like immediately about that's your politics, then it's like like you want just I don't know people in Bushwick to just be making like pig iron or something. <laughs> I don't like I don't know like you want to just eliminate all the pigeons in Prospect Park <laughs> so that like that like, because they've because of some weird ass policy that like it's I don't know uh, that joke went nowhere but like <laughs> I was trying to make an analogy to Mao's elimination of the sparrows but um, oh I don't even know what that is so Mao apparently like there was a there was a issue where sparrows they thought the issue was like sparrows were essentially eating like a lot of crops and like essentially a detriment to Chinese crops so they went on a campaign to murder all the sparrows but sparrows <laughs> also do like a huge amount of like ger- crop germination and like crop uh, spreading. And it also threw off the ecosystem, like the entire ecosystem, and it resulted in a famine and a ton of people died. <laughs> yeah, so like, which is just like every, another Thursday in Maoist China. Yeah, exactly. Which is like China had people to lose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, right. like, the, like. But anyway, so yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like the, like the. So I, I agree with you to that extent. I, I'm just saying I'm not totally out on the far left wing policymaker people. I think they're, they're right. I think that they should. They should do more to normalize the idea that a universal health care plan and maybe like a, a higher minimum wage, uh, more voter representation and rights, um, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, but they can miss me on the comrade bullshit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not 100% sold on the uh, higher minimum wage thing by the way. I think that there's a, a broader solution in place that doesn't require I mean that's a, that's a separate issue, but um, all the Medicare for all or, or single payer or nationalized health care fully yeah. or better labor representation, better yeah. labor representation. I think, yeah, labor, labor ownership of companies. So we had a like German system where you're like the yeah. labor negotiation labor directly. Production, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, all right. Well, I think we can probably, probably wrap it up. All right. Uh, Lenny, what's your prediction on who's going to win jets or dolphins on Sunday? Oh, uh, Jets, man. The Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. J-E-T-S. The Darnold is real. The Darnold is the best. <laughs> the Darnold. <laughs> the Darnold. He is the G-Cubus, the greatest ever God Emperor quarterback of the United <laughs> States. Um, 21 years old. Uh, who's going to win? Bear, who are the Bears playing on Monday? Uh, they are playing the Seahawks on Monday, and I think they might win. I think so, too. Bears, um, there could be a, let's just say it was Bear, so disappointing. Bears I feel bad. Super Bowl. Why I, not? I'm glad you didn't watch that game. I watched most of the... I watched the second half, essentially, and I was like, oh, well... I saw Aaron Rodgers come in. I wasn't. The Bears were up twenty-one nothing, and then I was like, uh, "I should maybe it was just go to bed." And then I was yeah. like, "You know what? I'll see what kind of magic Aaron can pull out." And I felt kind of bad. So luckily, you missed that game. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry, man. But I will be there. We'll watch the game together next week. All right. Uh, yeah. For uh, if any lessons from Beyond the Grave, all y'all take it easy. Bye.